You are listening to Nearly Numinous, a podcast all about the spiritual side of life. Every week, we chat about different religions, spiritualities, and other beliefs. We do roundtable discussions, deep dives into histories and religious studies theories, and interview different religious leaders and practitioners. For full transcripts and more information on each episode, you can find us at nearlynuminous.ca. Just to let you know, this episode has some mature language in it. nearly numinous. Today we're going to be talking about the various rituals and ceremonies that are part and parcel of reality TV shows and that give us entertainment, drama, and something to gossip about. But these rituals also give these shows a sense of structure, familiarity, and a little bit of religiosity. So we're going to be exploring the dynamic between ritual and religion in reality TV shows today with a couple of special guests, my friends Grace and Fiona. Hi guys. Hi. Hello. <laughs> the good, the nice thing about recording at home is there's always pets in the background. So I met Grace and Fiona in university um, and we've been friends for a few years now. We have been watching sh- some shows together over the course of the pandemic um, and we watched last season of The Bachelor. We watched Uh, the last season of The Bachelorette, and now Grace and I are watching Bachelor in Paradise. So mainly we're watching reality competition dating shows. Uh, And Grace had the great idea to talk about like the rituals that we see all the time in these shows that make them so distinctive, but that make them also kind of similar to religion in a lot of ways. So today we're basically going to use our accumulated knowledge of reality TV and rituals to gossip about stuff. And I'm I'm excited. Calabunga, dude. <laughs> oh, that was your that was your go-to. This is how I'm gonna talk normally. Hi, I'm Grace. And I'm Fiona. All right. So what reality shows do you guys watch? I watch, I mean, obviously The Bachelor, and then I've watched a lot of like drag race in the past year. And that's been really fun. But like, I've never really watched Survivor or Big Brother or anything like that. I love reality baking shows. Yeah, my mom watches a lot of those. those. I'm currently watching Love Island, the American, like the, I think it's season three, America, they're in Hawaii. And I watch a lot of reality baking shows like Sugar Rush. Zumbo's Just Dessert is so good. I like competition reality shows. It makes it more interesting. Yeah, there's like a makeup one on Netflix, like Glow Up. Glow Up. I've seen Glow Project Up. Project Runaway. Good. Yeah. I really like reality TV, competition yeah. TV. I, probably out of the three of us, am the one who hates reality TV shows. <laughs> I think the only reality TV shows I've ever watched are with you guys. And then... <laughs> like only with you guys and only when prompted if left to my own devices I will not watch them 
Well, I only started watching The Bachelor because of you guys. So I think the common denominator <laughs> is Grace. And I think she's a bad influence. <laughs> I really like reality TV. <laughs> I agree. Grace got me to watch. We, I think we almost America's Next Top Model. All the epi- all the seasons of America's Next Top Model and University. have seen a lot of seasons. How many seasons are there? 24? No. 27? <gasps> yeah. We stopped after 22, I think. They started introducing boys and we're like, we can't do this. Oh. Yeah, we've yeah, got an avid lover of reality TV, an avid hater, and I'm just happy to be included. <laughs> <laughs> No, you you generally have a positive outlook of the outcomes of these things. I like, do, I, yeah. I hear you're, you and Grace talking about the romance of yeah, the Yeah, you're sitting here like, oh, I'm not really that into it. I just, you know, exist. But you're over here texting That's me so rapidly. True. Like, did you see Bachelor? You watch it without me, Rachel. I don't even watch Bachelor in Paradise. That's true. You're mom... like, you need to watch the recap. <laughs> you're yeah, always you you're have... also always the person who knows all of the inside scoops like yeah did you know so and so like said a racist tweet once and he's getting flamed for it on social media and we're like what (laughs) I'm being exposed this is a bad idea so we're gonna talk about rituals today we're just going for a straight down middle center of the street definition of of ritual It's a sequence of activities involving gestures, words, actions, or objects performed according to a set sequence. And it can be religious or it cannot be. And we might get into that later, but first we're just going to talk about some of the rituals we find on reality TV shows. That's like all of them. Like all of the competition ones always have a a little ritual that they do and it's the same in every single show. Yeah, exactly. Even the way the show was like, structured is the same every single time I know it's so interesting and I think the reason they do that is because it probably gets more viewers like that familiarity and that structure gets more viewers than just like you know if every episode was different they want everybody to know like what's gonna happen I think that's why rituals function so well on reality tv but like, what are some examples that you can think of? Like right off the bat, I the think of- The rose ceremony. Yeah, the rose ceremony on The Bachelor. It's literally called a ceremony. Yeah. That's what prompted mm-hmm. me to message you because they kept talking about like, oh, we'll see you at the ceremony. And I went, Rachel. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whenever I see the rose ceremony, I always think about what's that where they give the, the crackers and the wine? at church yeah the eucharist yeah the eucharist because it's basically about what um uh rebirth survival life after death literally that's what they're doing like either you get kicked out of the show you die or you come back and you you get granted another chance in paradise or the chance to live again you're resurrected it just feels very ripped off like they should just do the crackers they they have the wine <laughs> they do have the wine um, in a lot of the competition shows though it's always like a, there is a symbol that gets handed like master mm-hmm. chef has aprons yeah like bachelorette has roses mm-hmm. it's like a visual representation of their survival into the the next step the next week 
Yeah, there's always like, and they always say the same thing too. Like it's like at the rose ceremony, they they have the same speech that they give every time. Mm -hmm. Then there's a pause and then Chris Harrison shows up and says, this is the final rose. And then he leaves again. Yep. Not Chris Harrison anymore. It's those two ladies whose names Mm -hmm. I can't remember. Is it different hosts every season though? Moving forward or is it just? I hope it's not. Keisha and. And what's her name? The white girl. Yeah. (laughs) I I like them. I thought it was nice to have them as like different hosts than Chris Harrison. It's always interesting to see how women can do a man's job so much better. <laughs> Some like other phrases from other shows. Like I just I've been watching too much Drag Race. Um, mm. But like when RuPaul says like, don't fuck it up or like it's time to lip sync for your life. Like, those are very specific phrases that trigger certain events. Like, you have to start working on challenges or you have to start doing a lip sync. Um, and then after that, it those actions decide, you know, who gets voted off and who stays to survive another day. Mm-hmm. Well, that was something I was noticing in the mat season of the bachelor about how formulate the languages not just with like the people who are hosting or the people who are like leading the show but also with contestants and stuff it feels like very much like someone coached them on words to say so like common phrases like we didn't get enough time common phrases like thank you for letting me be a part of this journey Someone, if I heard one more person say thank you for letting me be a part of this journey, throw hands. <laughs> it's like just... interesting words that you won't typically use. Like they all talk about time. They all talk about a journey. Mm-hmm. They all talk about finding something real. Maybe the producers are like, if you want to say something like shit show, you have to say journey. Or like maybe they're just used to watching like because obviously all of them have seen The Bachelor before. That's why they're on the show. Like it's it's very rare to find someone who's like isn't part of Bachelor Nation or whatever mm-hmm. on the show. They usually like know the other seasons and other contestants and stuff. Like they'll recognize the people who come in halfway from other mm-hmm. other seasons of the show and stuff because they all watch it. That's true. I'm wondering if you go back and watch the first seasons, like how those rituals developed over time and how much of it was the fact that the participants engaging in the rituals were originally like onlookers in the first place and kind of like fans so then they contributed to creating the ritual anew each season and it's also like I read about Love Island that they can't like talk about things that aren't the show like what's going on like oh. you can't talk about like the outside world or like like tv shows or like things that you're interested in in like the real world mm-hmm. because it's not like they can't air that on tv mm-hmm. so that's why all of the conversations that you hear them have with each other is about like they're saying the same thing but that's the only thing that they can talk about so when you're there 24 hours a day for like eight weeks and the only thing that you can talk about is your situation it's like the same yeah phrases get used a bunch because they cut everything out it's not they're mm-hmm. not a lot of air yeah it's really interesting that space that reality competitions put people in like because they're so secluded they're like not in the real world but they're not completely a part of it 
and they're kind of just like like it's a liminal space I guess I would say a liminal Um, space without going to Wikipedia to look at a definition you can say it's kind of like an in-between or an other space where time is different where kind of things have different meanings um or it's like a rite of passage or like uh, it's very ritualistic like an airport absolutely an airport is definitely a liminal space yeah I think it's funny listening to that definition I think we're all in a little bit of liminal spaces right now with COVID and like isolation and like things shutting down so I wonder if that affected how um, reality TV shows are perceived because anytime any season before this they were super isolated but now watching it in like this year this year and last year like they were like socializing more than we had yeah <laughs> so it's completely completely different ends of of spectrum like here these people are a few years ago trapped in the same the same hotel the same like beachy area not being mm-hmm. able to talk to anybody else but themselves and then there's us a few years later jealous because we can't travel anywhere like that we can't like hang out with groups of people in the same way like that like they were it's wild yeah wild differences we're kind of just like watching them participate in the rituals of socialization that we don't get to do anymore yeah and I think that contributes to the sort of weird like cult-like following that Bachelor Nation and other reality tv shows get like yeah super committed and super super dedicated to the rituals like I'm sure the leaving of Chris Harrison really dented some people who watched the show because he was a like an integral part of the ritual because as Grace was saying he comes out and goes hi I'm Chris Harrison this is the final rose and there's no point to him doing it but he had to do it every single rose ceremony mm-hmm. or else it like it didn't feel right or else it wouldn't like be the rose ceremony. And it's yeah, also something so- that's been going on for years. That's some also something that's like super mind-boggling. Like the people who are doing these rituals, they do it like yearly, like multiple times in a in a succession every single year with like a different group of people. It's not it's like really interesting. Mm-hmm. And like the person, like someone who's like Chris Harrison watching a different bachelor, a different bachelorette. It's the same dance. It's just different people showing up so it's really interesting it's like someone like you could really compare it to different ceremonies that like people in the church have and it might be different people getting baptized or different people going through it yeah but you're the same person doing the same thing having the same thing happen at the end so would you say that chris harrison is the the priest (laughs) bachelor the officiant why are you using big words just say talking man the talking man at the the talking man at the big house. The yes. talking man who does stuff. The talking man who leads us through the talk. What did you say, Grace? What's a religion? <laughs> me and me and Rachel it? just full flashbacks. <laughs> flashbacks to every single class in religious studies where mm-hmm. they get you to start and end the class with that question. Like, would cults be more accurate? Is cult is a cult a religion? that's a very good question grace it's a little bit like a cult because to get on the show you have to spend a lot of money yeah like you invest your time and your resources 
you're isolated from all your friends and family they also like starve the contestants <laughs> and, yeah like, like are in control of everything they consume at some point to like get different reactions out of them mm-hmm. that's a that's another conversation like what is the line between religion and cult and where does reality tv fall in that mm-hmm. that would be I don't know how to answer that right off the bat. Yeah, like thinking of Love Island, they have very, very strict like rules for the contestants. Like they have to, like, you'll notice that when they wake up in the morning, they're all wearing like sunglasses because they have the brightest lights that get turned on whenever the people want to have these like really bright fluorescent lights turned on. Mm. And they have to like do everything that like the producers say on the island like oh it's time for a challenge surprise this is what you're doing today like here's when you're eating this is what you can wear this is what you can say they don't have clocks on love island so they don't ever know what time it is guantanamo bay style tactic (laughs) (laughs) aggravate your prisoners to get the most deprive them of sleep yeah, but that sounds very cult-like. Like there, there are cults who have done that. Not that we're formally accusing The Bachelor <laughs> of being a cult. No, 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 no. I don't think we fully drank that Kool-Aid yet. <laughs> it's a bad cult joke. My bad. You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's hard to draw any lines, especially when it comes to religion, because a lot of the time it's so personal. Like it's so like entire, like entangled with your sense of self, um, and other people's interpretations of it can be so so different from yours. Um, and to question that validity of one or the other is like tense. So separating these things into clear boxes to be organized is like a quick descent into panic. I would say especially when you're trying to do it in front of the people who believe in uh, what you're talking about. It's like, yeah. And reality shows like have really sometimes really devoted followings like bachelor nation, like survivor was huge for years. Love Island (laughs) has an app that you download. And then as like a person watching the show, like it airs every day for like a week, I think. And like, if you're watching the show, you can control things that happen on the show by voting no. on an app while it's airing. Holy So sh- like, you know ahead of time that these these people are going to be on the show. They're like, oh, these are the two new girls joining the island. Who do you think they, who do you think they should go on a date with? And you control who they like pick. That's wild. That is. And you like vote couples to stay or not throughout the show. Wow. So you like really have a stake in what's happening. Mm-hmm. And that just makes your connection and involvement in the rituals like of the show all the more real to yeah. you so you're then like, I, I guess you're less of an outsider and you become sort of an insider mm-hmm. like yeah people are so dedicated to these things like I've seen there's a girl on my Instagram who applies to Canadian Big Brother every year really every year without fa- fail she like puts herself out as a contestant yeah the fans are like severely dedicated to an all like and I think it can get to a sort of almost like compulsive like um state where they have to do not only participate in the rituals of the show but create their own rituals that go along with the show like me and me and you uh, and Grace like we did that as well like we we had the 
at first the Monday um, uh, Discord calls, and then we had our brief period of Monday candy nights. Yeah, and we would have Monday at the pub. Yeah, Monday at the pub, and all the other people who came from Monday at the pub too. And it's like a congregation of followers. And it's kind of really interesting how like being on the inside versus the outside works. Like when you're on the outside of these shows, it's like, what's the big deal? Like from what I can see from the outside, there's like nothing to this. And then when you start like, so once you start like getting on the inside of these shows, like not only watching them, but also like discussing them with other people, um, keeping up with them on social media, you kind of have this new like set of knowledge that is difficult to explain to outsiders. Mm-hmm. And they probably also don't want to hear it anyway. Yeah, like fucking The Bachelor got me. <laughs> so I, I said before, like I like I probably hate reality TV the most, but like I was looking for people to talk to The Bachelor to talk about the bachelor with me at work i was like do you watch the bachelorette do you watch the bachelorette nobody i even asked the barista who was making my coffee if she watched the bachelorette <laughs> she said no oh no um but yeah you you get that sort of insider knowledge and you you really like cling to it and you cling to the 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 drama and gossip and the formulaic patterns of these people's lives that are shown on tv and you're like this is the most interesting thing that i've ever seen in my life i can't believe she picked blaine or whatever is right (laughs) the stupid egg in the bottom of his goddamn cheeks tell me you can't look at that man and think he's sucking on small robin's eggs and like the jowls of his mouth (laughs) she was like weird happy with him like she was like genuinely happy before and then after all of that she just seemed so angry yeah like as soon as she let andrew go she lost all of us in her decision making process all of us were confused and no it made sense that she let him go like i wouldn't well what about eyebrows what's his name just didn't care about him yeah, but like so, like why? Should not have blame. Yeah, I still miss Michael. Oh, Michael is great. This is probably what you mean by people getting sucked into this. And anybody just uh, listening to this conversation who doesn't watch the show is like, would you please shut up? Oh, I thought this was about religion. What do you mean? <laughs> Who's Blaine with the eggs in his mouth? Fucking look up a picture of him. <laughs> and it's just, it's hard to separate the idea of religion from ritual because ritual is such an important part of religion Mm -hmm. so it's very clear how ritual fits into religion but not how religion fits into ritual so um we can break down the rituals that uh make up a particular religion so we can say for example what i'm most familiar with is christianity so like um go in you sit you talk you sit 
the guy talks, you stand up, you sit, you stand up, you sit, you stand up, you sit, you sing maybe a song or two, and then you shake hands and say that thing that they changed that I don't remember what it was. And get that, that, that one's Catholic. That's what I remember. But like, there are like patterns and rituals and like specific things that you do. And it's very easy to break those up into like steps for a lot of sort of like the large religions that we think of when we think of religion. So like uh, Christianity, Judaism, uh, Islam, like, like all of those guys, like they have like these set rituals that you can like break up. But mm-hmm. if you're trying to think about it the other way and you're like, oh, is brushing my teeth a religion? Because it's a ritual, it's something you do every day. It's uh, for a certain outcome, the belief that your teeth will stay clean, uh, healthy mouth, healthy life, good breath, you know, all those things. And it's like a, like a step-by-step thing that you do every day. Is that a religion because it's a ritual? No, but then you think well, about other- Well, well, you could argue. Yeah, exactly. And you, you could, could argue, argue that it is a religion if you're, you yourself is the religion, like if you're worshiping yourself. Yeah. I am a god (laughs) but then you have other things that are uh ritualistic that people do so people who are spiritual who meditate and do other rituals to like contribute to that spirituality they have they might not belong to a specific religion but it's spiritual so the those rituals are inherently religious define a religion like what is it like how Well, that's the thing, like, are you defining a religion by belief in, like, a supreme being, or are you defining it by a set of rituals that have some sort of sacred importance to you, or are you defining it by, like, the sense of community it creates? It's a really big debate, and, like, you can argue for any one of them. So the question isn't if reality TV shows are religion, it's not not, are they religion it's why not if we're not defining them as religions or as religious what sets them apart from other rituals that makes them not religious there's no question or there's no statement that solves that or answers that question for every single reality tv show Mm -hmm. to say for the bachelor in paradise you could say oh what separates them is that they don't have like a belief in a higher power but technically they do do because it's a show about finding love and yeah especially with love island too because that's literally what they what they say they're like going into this like i believe that you know like i believe in this process they say that a lot like trust the process that it works like trust like Mm -hmm. you know believe that it works like i trust that like i'm going to find my person that's, that's what they say a lot on Love Island. Like, I'm here for one reason and one reason only. I believe I'm going to find love. I trust the process. I trust that this is going to work for me. It's just, like, a weird, a fun, weird topic to get, like, in the rabbit hole about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because as soon as you, like, start grasping at an answer, like, yeah, it is religious. Or it there are religious rituals involved or it's at least spiritual when like something can throw you a curveball and then you're like ah to start from winning again and break it all down yeah like what about this or what if you look at it like this Mm -hmm. that was part of the problem with trying to like sit in those classes and define it because that's what all of our profs would do they're like Mm -hmm. oh so you're saying 
this isn't a religion or this is a religion and you're like I there's guess. no right answer religion has always felt like an all-encompassing thing like a catch catch-all for like a, a subject that's a little bit difficult to understand and especially now that sort of the rigid like the rigid nature of religion has sort of faded into the past so instead of like everybody has to be one specific thing there's like more and more people amalgamating Mm -hmm. parts and bits of different religions to suit their own needs and their own beliefs it's even harder to define and I think that's why it's more and more it feels more and more right to include reality tv shows Mm -hmm. as a religion because of sort of the like the looser nature of how we uh how we interpret religion nowadays one of the things i was gonna say was like one of the other ways that i think reality tv shows are like kind of religious is in like this pantheon of like figures of contestants that um kind of just don't really fade into the background when they're gone but kind of become part of this whole collective where they're kind of they kind of do become reduced to like archetypes or stereotypes and they become kind of like stories that you can tell like parables um I remember reading a lot of parables when I was younger and now like when people like talk about stuff that happened in different seasons of the show there are like familiar names that get cropped up familiar stories um stories that you see happening over and over again which I think is a really common facet of religions yeah so like RuPaul's drag queens and how like the winning contestants are like incorporated a lot and yeah like you know their story yeah and they're often like brought back at the end of every season Mm -hmm. especially to like pass on crowns also I think in sort of the bachelorette bachelor nation kind of style like the archetypes thing that you were saying Rachel is like really true and like it's almost as if like people across different seasons morph into the same person over time so you always have like you have a bimbo villain yeah who's like an idiot villain at least who's like an idiot but also like uh like the villain of the show you have um the super macho aggressive guy you have like that sensitive dad like michael i'm sure there were sensitive dads before him and there'll be sensitive dads afterwards but I think the like the stories that always stick out in your mind are like the villains. So like, for example, like in a, a season we watched with Corinne, who was like blonde and she was kind of silly. She had a nanny and she was a bit full of herself and everybody on the show didn't like her. And then you had Matt's season where you had Victoria, <laughs> who was kind of weird, kind of funny, a little full of herself herself the queen um, who is now on bachelor in paradise by the way 
She's goddess Victoria now. She's yeah, grown. she elevated herself from Queen Victoria to goddess Victoria. She died in are- blonde. Why are we even talking about this if there's a dead-ass goddess? <laughs> oh, she does not get worshipped, though. She no. does not get worshipped, no. No, see? And, like, she's got, like, the, the like, the sort of vain villain trope that shows up in the show a lot. And I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're actually like that or if that's just how they're edited in the show to make it seem like that but those are like common storylines and common archetypes and I think if we made a pantheon of gods and goddesses for the bachelor and bachelorette they would have the funniest titles (laughs) one last thought um I think the parables like the storylines they create are kind of also meant to like tell us what to think and how to feel like obviously they edit the show in specific ways so that this person turns out this way so that the fans feel this way about them and I think with like the vain villain thing the moral of that parable is like don't be vain or you're gonna get voted off and it's like a more sexist interpretation don't be vain or boys won't like you yeah but also I think like again those stories are getting more and more shifty because fan favorites are more and more like the the villain they cast because everyone's so interested in that storyline like everyone Corinne has a huge Instagram following now and I'm certain so does Queen Victoria and all of her weird kookiness I'm sure she's got a bunch of diehard fans and like um remember as soon as we saw that villain in Katie's season what was his name Thomas wait which one the first one the guy who was like there are people here for not the right reasons but I'm not going to tell you who he's on Carl in paradise oh my god I think yeah Carl yeah yeah we hated him but we all three of us immediately started googling him yeah we love to hate him cracking so like we're like everybody's enthralled with the villain it's like fun to see how times change those like parable parables 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 um those parables and those meanings and what they're you want to talk about parabolas like if you want to talk about math is is a parabola a math thing yeah let's go back to fourth grade or whenever we learned about those because it's a reality show that has math in it no yeah it's love it's the are you the one they do math stuff to figure out how to win the show (laughs) oh wow have you seen are you the one it's the dating it's a dating competition where they have they have their perfect match in the house and it's like besides the gay season it's like five guys five girls or eight got ten guys ten girls and their perfect matches in the house Mm -hmm. and in order for all of them to win money at the end of 10 weeks they have to all have like find their perfect match in the house wow and at the end of the week they have a ceremony where they sit down it's called the light ceremony they like lock in who they think their perfect matches and the the pair sits down Mm -hmm. and then lights turn on and it'll tell you how many matches you have correctly but not who's correct okay so it'll be like three lights will turn on like three of these couples are a perfect match but you don't know which ones and in a lot of the seasons they just like math and figure it out interesting but if they have a blackout 
Like if none of the lights turn on, they lose money. So they want to at least know of one perfect couple. Hmm. There's really something for everyone. All right. So thank you guys for coming to gossip with me today. Thank you for having us on the show, Rachel. Anytime. Anytime, really? What what should we talk about next? Don't say anytime, anytime like that, because we were supposed to do this last week. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had some scheduling conflicts twice. <laughs> so, like, technically not anytime, but, like, a very specific time in the future where me and Grace are, like, alarmed up and ready for it. <laughs> and, like, maybe give it two shots. Mm-hmm. So like maybe not the, the first, first specific time, but the second specific time. Yeah. Give us a fake time. This is all very confusing. Maybe I just won't invite you back. <gasps> so rude. <laughs> so, so offended. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Nearly Numinous. For full transcripts of every episode, check out nearlynuminous.ca. There, you can also find links to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platforms. Have a topic you'd like us to talk about, or would you like to be a guest on a future episode? Reach out to us at nearlynuminous at gmail.com.